when uh, Vegas Tripping does this, it's six hours split into two podcasts. Yeah, it'll probably be like that for us. Howdy, everyone. This is Thursday, December 29th, 2016, and this is episode 32 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, and joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's going on with your life? You have a nice holiday season? It was pretty good. I got, as I said, I got a pop filter, so hopefully that will spare some of your ears. Uh, and anybody... believe, believe it or not, I got a new microphone yeah, from I... you. Your old microphone <laughs> that old... was deemed too crappy for you to use for this podcast. It's a huge upgrade for me. So, yeah, it's the the Snowball ICE ice. I don't know. Means something, but it's supposed to be okay. That's a good one. I just upgraded. Just it wasn't good enough for you. No, now I'm sitting here with this giant Snowball, uh, whatever it's called, Yeti with a pop filter. It's pretty ridiculous. The thing's huge. Well, hopefully our audio gets a bit better, because I am actually using a microphone now and not the headset I had been using for the previous 31 episodes, so you can let us know if it if you think it sounds any better or not, but um, I don't know. You ready to get into a little bit of news? Yeah, let's blow through this news, and then we can talk about our favorites. What, what, what happened this year, huh? Yeah. Kind of a retrospective? The best of? And the worst of. Yeah, just... Just one more stuff. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think the first order of business, the first piece of news that we have to talk about is the uh, lawsuit between Borgata and Phil Ivey, uh, which for those of you who have not heard, we'll link to a couple articles in the show notes about it. But essentially uh, what happened is Phil Ivey, who's a very well-known poker player, probably one of the most famous poker players in the world, was in uh, some sort of a, a team where he had a, an accomplice. Actually, I believe he was the accomplice, and, and the woman he was with was the mastermind of this plot. But what they did is they went to Borgata and went in, and because he's obviously a very well-known high roller, he can kind of ask for whatever rules he wants, and then the casino will kind of give it thumbs up or thumbs down. So he went into Borgata and he asked for specific rules for him and, and his friend who is, is Chinese or his accomplice. I don't, I don't think they're friends, but uh, basically they wanted a, a Chinese speaking dealer there. Uh, they wanted the ability to not have the decks kind of t- touched or like tampered with by the casino or, or, or changed out particularly often. And they wanted the ability to, kind of flip some cards around or ask the dealer to flip some cards around as, you know, they saw fit. And the Borgata kind of agreed to the, the, these deals. And so they went in and uh, they they ended up taking the Borgata for, for $10 million. And what they were doing is they were waiting for kind of high cards to come out, uh, which I believe were 7, 8, 9, because it was Baccarat. And they were asking the casino to kind of turn those high cards around and it was uh, there was like a, a defect in the printing of the cards where it shouldn't matter if it's upside down or right side up. Looking at it from the back, you shouldn't be able to tell because it should kind of be like a symmetrical pattern on it. But it wasn't exactly symmetrical. 
and and Phil Ivey's accomplice, or I, I guess the the mastermind of the plot again. She kind of studied the cards and, and was able to tell, and so she was signaling to Phil when he had to really raise his bet significantly or, or drop it back down again. And a little bit of time passed, and then Phil Ivey and the same woman he was with ended up getting sued by a casino in London for doing the exact same thing. And it sounds like Borgata kind of got wind of that, and they looked, and they're like, oh, crap, that happened to us as well. So they ended up suing him as well. And the first part of the lawsuit, or like the first judgment, came back, and they found that Phil Ivey actually had to pay the Borgata back all of his winnings. So there was a big kind of explosion of discussion around this in the blogosphere. So uh, did I leave anything out, Craig? Did I misspeak at all? Or what, what are your thoughts on, on the situation? So that's that's pretty much my understanding. I think one of the weird things about it is that I think he also got uh, told by the judge that he had to pay back some money that he won in craps using money that he had won in this Baccarat game. So that's that part to me is a little strange. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I think from the gambler's perspective, there's a lot of outrage. There's a lot of people saying this is ridiculous. The casino needs to basically get their house in order. You know, they have, they're controlling everything in the game, right? Like they're controlling who provides the decks. They're approving these rules. They said yes to, to Phil Ivy's requests for these various rules. And pretty much it's their fault if, if they get taken like this, uh, obviously the judge disagreed, basically saying like, this is cheating. Um, and I think your stance is, is sort of, or not your stance necessarily, but what you said, uh, I don't know if it was in the Facebook group or elsewhere, but it was on the Twitter, I think. Um, yeah. On the Twitter was brought me out of Twitter hibernation. Yeah. Rare, rare Twitter posts for Kyle, uh, was, is this more like card counting or is it more like card marking? And obviously, you know, card counting is very, at least in Atlantic City, is is not really cheating. Um, it's just basically... Well, it's, not, it's not cheating anywhere. Right. Like, it's using the, the information in the game to your advantage, whereas card marking is, like, very specifically doing something to the cards to, to gain an advantage. Um, so where where do you fall on that? I mean, I think, obviously, if it's card, if it's more like card counting, then it's a ridiculous ruling like this then he shouldn't be required to give the money back if it's more like card marking then that's cheating right like you're very clear cut that's cheating this is somewhere in between but i don't know where you fall on that spectrum it's a very murky area here's here's my feelings on it like you said i mean card counting it's absolutely not not cheating not just in atlantic city but anywhere around the country i mean card counting isn't cheating but casino doesn't appreciate it because they're not going to make money off you. In fact, they're going to lose money to you. So they'll still uh, basically everywhere except Atlantic City kind of kick you out of the casino and, and tell you not to come back. Uh, they actually can't do that legally in Atlantic City. So they'll just flat bet you or not allow you to enter shoes mid shoe or do all kinds of stuff like that. Um, but this is sort of a gray area. Uh, I think that my opinion is probably going to be fairly unpopular with our listeners. Uh, in, in that I'm not going to come out and say, like, this is clearly ridiculous. I mean, this is 100% Borgata's fault. They agreed to the rules and got taken. You know, they have no one to blame but themselves. Even though I think that that is true, but 
it, it's it's very close. I mean, it, the thing is, Phil Ivy and and his his accomplice, or or Phil Ivy and the, and the woman who kind of put this this scheme together, like they went in and they they knew, or at least they had to know, like they're doing something very shady, right? I mean, it's I'm not going to say it's defrauding the casino, but it it they're doing something which is not on the up and up. So I can't support them a hundred percent. However, with that being said, I will say Borgata did agree to these rules and Borgata did kind of pay them out while they were on the premises. And, and for me, you know, Phil Ivy and his partner didn't touch the cards. You know, the, the casino did, did all of that. You know, they didn't handle the cards. They didn't mark the cards. Uh, they just asked the casino to switch them around, which they were happy to do for them. So for me, I think in this instance, it's shouldn't be considered cheating, but it's very close. And and for me, you know, like this isn't something I would do because it just it, it seems wrong to me. Because for me, it's it's almost defrauding the casino. I don't I don't know what your feelings are. So when this first came out, when this when even the lawsuit first came out. I was very much on the side of, like, they agreed to the rules. It's their job to have cards that you can't do this for, right? Like, the whole idea is that right. the cards I mean, the whole be. problem is that the cards were not symmetrical, so you could tell the difference if it's upside down or right side up. Yeah, so, of course, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, man, they should be suing the card makers and all this other stuff. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, like, why do I actually believe that... Like, why am I so on Phil Ivey's side on this? And I think what it really comes down to is that I want to believe that you can beat the casino. Like, I just want somebody to stick it to the casino. And when I really, really thought about it, uh, and this is sort of disappointing as a gambler to come to this conclusion, like, on the scale of card counting to card marking, I actually lean a little more toward card marking because card counting is totally involved, is totally based on what's on the front of the cards. So, like, within the rules of the game, it's all about getting to 21, the cards that come out, you're seeing the things that are on the front of the cards. This is exploiting a design flaw, what Phil, Phil Ivey and his accomplice are doing. And it's totally based on what's on the back of the cards. So to me, this is much more along the lines of you've effectively figured out that there are cards that are basically marked without really being marked. And so that sort of tilts it to me in that direction. So once I had that realization, I kind of thought, oh, man, I actually am. I I understand where the ruling came from. I think from just a player standpoint, I feel like, oh, they should have said, well, that's the price of doing business. Um, but I do, I'm not shocked by the ruling and I understand it. I don't love it, but I do understand it. I mean, it sounds like to me that you're even more kind of on the casino side than I am. It, it is very close. And, and I understand the argument that people are going to say, like the casino agreed to the rules. You know, if you, get the casino to agree to rules, which makes them an underdog. That's their own fault. They shouldn't have done that. And I'm not totally against that argument. And, you know, whatever. I personally, if I get overpaid by the casino, I don't say anything about it. I, I take the extra money. But I, I don't know. It's, it, it is a tough situation. And for one, I don't think Borgata should have sued. I mean... I guess $10 million is quite a substantial amount of money. And, and if it was something like $1 million, I'd say the bad press is probably not worth getting your the, the odds of getting your million dollars back. But maybe because it was $10 million, 
it it may well have been but i don't know it's kind of a messy situation all around i think that that both sides or neither side really comes out of this looking great so i don't know i'm I'm gonna see what happens they are appealing so we'll see what happens uh as it takes the next steps through the legal system yeah my, my other sort of side of that seeing all the outrage um it's it's kind of like, oh, from the player's side, we're really getting screwed here. But at the end of the day, like, Borgata's calculation is, who is this going to turn off, right? Like, who's really going to get scared off by this? And the answer is advantage players, right? Like, people who have figured out some advantage. Borgata doesn't want those people playing there anyway. <laughs> so I don't really think there's as much of a downside as maybe I would have thought. Yeah. No, I don't know. Let's let's move on. Do you want to talk about the the latest in the Taj Mahal saga? Sure. So the Taj Mahal, which we know has been closed uh, for a few months now, uh, has had a bill sort of going through the state government, and it has now p- actually passed the state senate and the state assembly, which we have sort of dubbed the Taj Killer Bill. Uh, not affectionately, I would have to say, but generally the idea behind this bill is that the anyone who closes a casino would not be able to reopen in the casino within five years if they do not have union workers uh, or do not have a deal with the union in place. And the reasoning for that is that Carl Icahn closed the Taj Mahal. Everybody sort of started chattering about whether or not it was a union-busting move. Uh there were rumors that it was going to reopen without union workers. And very quickly, Steve Sweeney, who is the state Senate president, uh, moved forward with a bill to basically say, you can't warehouse is his quote, warehouse license, a casino license. So, uh, kind of with the caveat that if you do want to reopen, you have to have the union there. So very much a pro union bill, um, you know, without getting into the, the politics of union, pro-union, anti-union. The question now is, will Chris Christie veto this thing? Um, The the prevailing wisdom seems to be that he will. There's some question about whether or not there's an overriding majority there where they could even uh, pass this thing, even if Christie vetoes it. But right now it seems like Chris Christie's going to veto this thing. it did pass overwhelmingly in both the assembly and the Senate. So it does seem like they could override it if they want to. Um, I, I have, I don't know. I have some takes. I don't know if you want to jump in with, with any thoughts before I get into my long rambling take about this, but uh, what do you think about this bill passing and, and Christie's potential veto? Uh, I mean, we've talked about this for a few episodes now, so I don't have too much more to say about it. I mean, I, so I, you can, you can take, do your long rambling take. I have very complex feelings about what leads this type of bill to pass in such an overwhelming majority. And it's super cynical, so so take it with a huge grain of salt going in. Like I said, the prevailing wisdom is that Christie's going to veto. So if you are a state uh, senator or assembly person in, in New Jersey, you see this bill come across the, your desk – there's almost no downside to voting yes on this bill because either you voted yes and Christie does not veto and it happens and that's fine and you can say, you know, oh, I supported the union or whatever. Or Christie vetoes it and you can say, oh, evil Chris Christie, you know, he vetoed this thing. I looked out for the working man. Even taking it to another cynical level, 
I think the ideal scenario, if you are a politician in New Jersey, is you vote yes on this bill, Christie vetoes it, the Taj reopens as a non-union shop. So, you know, the Taj does reopen, which is good for Atlantic City. And then the union makes a lot of stink and gets a lot of TV coverage about, oh, uh, you know, this is non-union workers. They got a lot of coverage. Everybody's outraged about this non-union shop. And you can say, hey, I voted for the bill. If only Chris Christie didn't veto it, they would have reopened as a union shop because you can talk in hypotheticals. And then uh, you can sort of keep your cred as a union supporter while the Taj reopens. And you get to trash Chris Christie. Like, there's no downside there. So I think this is one of those weird bills where it almost forces you to to vote yes. I'm interested to see where, even though they supposedly have this overriding majority, I will be very interested to see if Christie vetoes it, if it just dies. If they don't push for it to come back around, which will very much play into my cynical theory. Uh, if they do override it, then okay, they really wanted it, and I'll take back everything I said. But my personal opinion is there's a lot of people here who see very little to lose by voting in support of this bill because they expect that it'll just get vetoed. Well, it sounds like you're making an assumption. It sounds like you're assuming that 100% of people are pro-union. I don't agree with that. I mean, I don't, especially South Jersey, like I don't agree with that at all. I mean, I I think the, uh, I mean, I think if you look around the country, I think a lot of the kind of, are you uh, someone who would consider yourself kind of pro-union or anti-union? Like it probably falls generally along party lines and... So I would think in South Jersey, people would actually tend to be pretty anti-union in general. So I don't know. I don't agree with that line of reasoning. I don't know. You're right. It's probably overly cynical. I I do sort of like to look at things in the perspective of like, what is the personal interest of the politician involved? Well, the, the other thing too, is that especially if you're a South Jersey politician and like, let's say for whatever reason, like this does pass and it doesn't open up even if your constituents aren't especially anti-union like you know whoever you're running against in a year or two years could could say that you know this guy is the reason or one of the reasons that that the Taj Mahal hasn't reopened and that 2000 3000 jobs haven't come back to the area the the other layer to that to this whole thing is that with this bill going through Carl Icon is now trying to sell the property uh, allegedly, I mean, there's there's rumors that he's looking to sell. It's not really all that surprising, but it has made it. The New York Post uh, posted an article saying that he is in talks to try to to sell this thing. I don't think there's really been any update since then. This was December twentieth. Uh, Josh Kozman article basically saying that he's talked to some fellow casino operators about trying to sell off the Taj. Uh, I had a very cynical take back when Taj first closed that he would try to do something like sell a majority share where you'd keep a minority share and sort of skirt this, this legislation, even if it does go through. Um, I don't want to harp on that too much because I think I've already been cynical enough for this conversation, (laughs) but I'll be interested to see what happens. I, my feeling about this in general is that I think it's a very tough sell because there's now the Taj 
the Atlantic Club, the Trump Plaza. There's just so much empty there. And if I was an investor looking to buy, I would wait to see what Revel does because Revel's allegedly, you know, uh, opening in in spring. Um, so I would wait and see what happens there before I pump a bunch of money into something and try to open something else. Um, so I, I don't really see this thing selling all that soon. I also don't see the bill actually going through to finally passing, and in which case Carl Icahn might just, might just say, okay, we're going to reopen the Taj as a non-union shop, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We've probably talked about this for long enough. Yeah, agreed. We're so, deep, deep into this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before we're really getting to the main topic of the episode. I know. So... Uh, just the last thing we want to mention, I don't think there's too much really to talk about, is that there is a Dunkin' Donuts that's opened up in Bally's Lobby. And so, do you have anything to say about that? It must be important to you. You put it in the show notes. So, uh, I love Dunkin' Donuts. I grew up, family friends owned a Dunkin' Donuts, and so they would always bring many donuts to us on holidays. So I just have an affinity for that. I don't know why I need, felt the need to mention that in the podcast, but there's a Dunkin' Donuts in the Bally's Lobby. It's right there. Uh, it kind of seems like it's floating in the middle of the lobby, which is a little odd. They are accepting one-to-one comps. So that is one thing that's exciting to me is, you know, that'll buy you a lot of Dunkin' Donuts coffee and and donuts in the mornings after gambling. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that. Otherwise, don't think there's too much to say. Yeah. All right. You want to get to uh, our best of list where we can kind of have conversations around what we think the some of the best things in Atlantic city are sure. Uh, so I think we have to give some credit uh, or some sort of deference to Vegas tripping because they do this every year with the trippies. But I think for us, you know, we just wanted to be able to sort of talk this out and come up with some, some things that we really liked from 2016 in Atlantic city, certainly not the depth of categories that the trippies get into, but just some of the things that we're really interested in, uh, so some of the things we've come up with were best casino property and then breaking that down into some subcategories, you know, best restaurant, uh, best non-gaming attraction we had, best new thing in 2016, which I think we're stealing straight from from the trippies. They do a best new thing <laughs> option. Um, so when we get our cease and desist from the trippies, from Vegas tripping, we'll know. Um, Biggest disappointment of 2016, I think, is is our own creation and most exciting thing for 2017. So do you want to jump into our best casino property topics? Sure. Do you want me to run through all of them or do you just want to start kind of tackling them one at a time? Yeah, let's go one at a time. So it looks like the first category we have is for best gaming. Uh, do we want to tackle kind of the subtopics one at a time or do we just want to... Yeah, let's go through the subtopics and then we'll pick an overall winner. And I th- and I think we're going to go like Kyle's pick and Craig's pick. We may agree, we may not agree, and, and I'll post all this as a blog post if I'm not too lazy to do that at some point. <laughs> all right, so the first sub-subcategory for best gaming is is the best best place to play slots in Atlantic City. So what do you think, Craig? I think you're more of the slot slot person than me, so I'll probably just defer to whatever you say. Uh, so my pick for this, I mean, if you'd asked me two years ago, I would have said Atlantic club, but, um, this is for 2016, my pick for this is Tropicana. 
And I think it explains a lot of why I like Tropicana a lot and you really do not like Tropicana. Because Trop is a freaking maze of slots. There's just a ton of slot machines there. Uh, they've got some newer machines that have come over from the Taj Mahal. They're pretty constantly updating their stuff. Uh, their video poker completely sucks. But as far as slots go, I think the selection's great. They've got a ton of stuff. Um, it's just a fun place to play slots. I think the vibe of the casino floor is good. Uh, so that's kind of my pick for best slots. This is totally neglecting you know, payout percentage. I have no idea who has the loosest or the tightest slots, whatever, whatever. So I picked Tropicana for that. I actually think for as small as Golden Nugget is, they have a very good selection of slots. Um, and for as big as Caesars is, they have a disappointing selection of slots. Like I feel like they have a lot of really old machines, um, especially as you get sort of under the lobby where the old poker room used to be. And you kind of end up in this no man's land that feels like you shouldn't even be there. Like you're just going to end up walking into some broom closet or something. Uh, but yeah, Tropicana for me. I don't know if you even have an opinion on on uh, favorite slots. Uh, I can I can answer this for for me. Uh, the thing that I really enjoy when I'm playing slots, or or the thing that I find tolerable about playing slots is. I really like what the Caesars properties do, kind of all three of them, where you can actually see your reward credit balance and your tier balance that you're accruing throughout the session, like right there in front of you. I love that you can order drinks kind of right there in front of you instead of sitting around forever and waiting for someone to come by. Um, so I think I would personally be just preferential to one of the Caesars properties simply because of those reasons. And and I feel like the place I've played the most slots in in general in Atlantic City is probably Harrah's. And I feel like it's always been a pretty good experience for us, even even going back a couple of years. So I will probably select that as my choice, but you can feel free to disagree with me if you want. Yeah, Harrah's would be very up there for me. And for the reason you mentioned, I think... The total rewards, uh, being able to total rewards Caesar's properties, being able to just punch in a drink at your machine is incredibly convenient. And you know, as much as people complain about certain places where it's really hard to find drink service, I mean, it's one of the things that people talk about when they review a casino, like the actual casino floor of any property. The Caesar's properties knock it out of the park. Um, and and Caesars in particular, which I you know again I don't think has you know they have a lot of slots and they have some newer stuff and they have some older stuff. Um, I don't love the layout, but the drink service at Caesars is incredible. The drink service at Harris is also very good. So you know I'm totally fine with the Harris pick. Uh, I'm still going to stick with Trop, but I do. And Harris does also cycle out their slots a decent amount. So I, I think that's a really good pick also. All right. Cool. So you want to move? We can move to the next category, which is best place to play video poker in Atlantic City. Um, this is something that I have a bit more experience with. Uh, so if you'd asked me, kind of in 2014, 2015, I'd probably say Caesars because they used to have a whole bunch of full pay jacks or better, uh, both near the Toga Bar and in the High Limit Room. And the one in the High Limit Room has traditionally always been uh, $10 in for each tier credit, which was a, an incredible deal when it existed. But they've gotten rid of all that. So I think for me right now, it, it has to be the Borgata. They have the most nice kind of full-pay video poker machines. 
their service, while maybe not quite as convenient as ordering stuff straight from their machine, uh, though I think they are bringing that in, and, and at least some of the, the machines there at Borgata, it, it's very good. Uh, B-Bar still being kind of full-pay video poker is amazing. So for me, it has to be Borgata right now. Yeah, I don't really see how you can argue against Borgata right now. It's just so easy to find full pay if you're interested. Um, you know, if you take two seconds to, to check machines, it's pretty easy to find full pay video poker machines. Uh, I think it's just a no-brainer to go with Borgata. I agree, you know, we've spent a ton of time at Caesars. They do still have some full pay machines. It's not as easy to find as it once was. Uh, the drink service, again, is excellent, especially it's the full pay video poker machines where you're right by the the cocktail servers. So that's a plus um or a negative for <laughs> sometimes when uh you see a video of yourself that your friend took uh and you don't even remember that point in the night but um uh, thanks to the fast cocktail service at caesar's but I, I think borgata just the sheer volume of full pay video poker machines i think it's the best place to play all right uh, so we've come to consensus on that uh best place to play uh table games in Atlantic City. Uh, do you want to go first? So this is one that uh, I sort of said right off the bat, oh, Borgata, it's great. Um, their table games are great. And then I sort of wrestled with it a little bit because Caesar's table game selection is really huge. And the sort of, to me, the layout of their table games, of their sort of pits, is, is very easy to navigate. Uh, whereas I find Borgata is kind of spread out and it's a little bit tougher I think I still have to go with Borgata more because, um, I mean, I like the dealers a lot, although the, I think we'll get to that in a different category. But the thing that tips the scales to me for Borgata is $20 Pico tiles and Pico poker, which means it's $1 <laughs> commission, which I keep harping on. But I, I, I love that that is the thing that just pushes you over the edge every time. I mean, it's they they have a great table game selection. Like, let's not... I mean, it's not like, oh, you know, somebody else is blowing them away, but this one thing puts them over the edge. The two things I'll say about Borgata, it's such a nice casino, and I'm always pleasantly surprised by the limits. Like, I don't think, by the minimums, I don't think the table minimums are extraordinarily high, considering how nice the casino is. And then, the, you know, the yellow chips, the $20 chips at the Pygo Poker, Pygo Tiles, I think just totally tips it in their favor. I mean, I, I was playing $15 Pygo poker at Bally's uh, just a few weeks ago, and and fifteen dollar Pygo poker can't really beat it. But uh, twenty bucks, one dollar commission, love it. It's almost always there too. Like I don't know that I've ever been there and not seen twenty dollar Pygo poker and Pygo tiles. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I want to throw a couple honorable mentions out there before I get to my pick. But uh, I I just want to throw some love resorts way actually I, I think that their table game selection is actually pretty decent and they tend to have some of the lowest limits in atlantic city so if there's like a best low roller place to play table games i would say resorts for sure um not only that but they even have some blackjack tables where a dealer stands on on soft 17 which is uh yeah. pretty rare i think on ten dollar blackjack no less yeah. I mean, I can't, we can't overstate how incredibly rare that is anywhere. I mean, maybe right. in like Summerlin. Right. I mean, back prim. when I first started going to Atlantic City, it was standard that Vegas rules or dealer hits on South 17, Atlantic City rules or, or dealer stands, but that's gone away over the last 12 years or however long I've been going, 10 years, 11 years. 
Um, so just shout out to resorts. Um, I, I think that, that for me, but the, the competition between number one and number two, it, it's very, very close. Uh, I think Caesars is a really great place to play table games. I think their Asian room is incredible and, and definitely the best in Atlantic city. Um, especially if you kind of go on a weekend when they have kind of like snacks out and, you know, they have the, the juice or, or tea machines out so you can give yourself drinks. Um, I, I think that out on the main floor, they have a good selection. I mean, the one thing that, that puts them a little bit behind Borgata, which is going to be my pick is that I feel like the limits are normally at similar times of day uh, can be a little bit higher at Caesars or, or I guess at least on par uh, with Borgata when I feel that Borgata is just a little bit nicer of a casino in general. Um, but yeah, Borgata is my selection. I think they've got just a huge selection of tons of tables. Uh, their limits, I always feel like are surprisingly low when I go, like I'm always seem to be able to find, uh, at the very, very minimum, uh, $15 blackjack. And that's like on a Saturday night or whatever during a, a busier time of year. But you know, oftentimes it's, it's going to be 10. Um, it's just a great place to play. So I, I think I'm going to pick Borgata. Yeah. $15 blackjack, $10 craps, uh, uh, $20 pie got poker. All those things are almost always there. And I'm always shocked, right? You go on a Saturday evening, uh, same thing. So you're right. The one thing we kind of have as a subcategory here is Asian room. I totally agree with you. Caesars. I think the Asian room there is amazing. Um, just the, the service in that room is incredible. And if you're there on a Saturday morning, they're handing out little breakfast sandwiches. I mean, they're like prepackaged, but whatever, who cares? It's free. Um, and there, the service is just great there. And I, I think it was our trip when we had the meetup where I left just, uh, you know, I played Paigao poker with Eric for a little while in the Asian room at Caesars and, and also had played a bunch of, of video poker in the casino there. And I left just thinking, man, like the, the cocktail service at Caesars is completely unbeatable even borgato where the the waitresses are out in force and come around quite a bit uh it's incredibly fast compared to something like tropicana where the asian room you know looks nice enough from afar and then you get inside and it's like the felt's all in the worst shape possible (laughs) and you can't get a waitress to save your life like caesar's just completely knocks it out of the park for that Yep, I agree. So, uh, to, since we started talking about it, do we want to talk about the the best service in in uh, the gaming portion of a casino at Atlantic City? Yeah, let's do it. Um, um, this was a tough one for me. <laughs> yeah, it, I can go first on this one. For me, it, it's really close again, uh, and there's a couple portions I think of service. Uh, as I've said uh, a couple times before, I think the best kind of drink service in Atlantic city by far is, is Caesars, uh, both in at the slot machines and in the gaming areas. I think they're, they're fantastic about kind of being quick and getting stuff out there. But if I want to look at service as a whole and like my interactions with, with the dealer and the pit crew, uh, and everyone like that kind of all up and down the, my gaming experience, I am going to have to go with Borgata I mean, for me, like some of my most pleasant 
gaming experiences been at Morgana, and it's just because it feels like a lot more often than at other properties there, I'll get just like a great dealer and a great pit boss, like people who are very pleasant to talk to, and you can have conversations with while you're playing. And and it's even like the other patrons are seem to be more pleasant at Borgata oftentimes than at other casinos. So I think I'm going to pick Borgata, though I have to say if we're just talking about drink service, I would pick Caesars. Yeah, I agree completely with everything you said. I mean, I think Caesar's drink service is unparalleled. But as far as friendliness of dealers, I don't think I've ever had an unfriendly dealer at Borgata. I did have one dealer once that I talked about a while back who clearly didn't really know what he was doing or was just so out of it that he couldn't figure out what was going on in a Pyga poker game. Um, but otherwise, I mean, just the, the sort of friendliness of the dealers, the the sort of sense that you are not that you're worth their time, <laughs> I think is big. Whereas at Caesars, you know, I've certainly had some surly dealers or some, a bunch of dealers who are just not talkative at all. Whereas I think, I don't know if it's sort of part of their training or philosophy or whatever, but the, the dealers at Borgata are very talkative and nice and, and, and good. And it's not just like they're there to enforce the rules, which I get the sense of at, at total rewards properties quite a bit. Like I will only talk when I'm telling you what not to do, <laughs> which is kind of disappointing. Um, and I've had that feeling for a really long time about Caesars, not just in Atlantic city, but in Vegas. Uh, I always sort of feel like their dealers are the surliest of, <laughs> of general properties. Although I've heard that with, Profit growth, growth plan in Vegas. Some of the MGM uh, personnel are getting kind of salty, but uh, I haven't experienced that, so I can't really speak to that. But uh, yeah, Borgata again, just the service is great um, on the casino floor. The drink service is good. Uh, it's not as good no, it's, as yeah, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's it's not as good as, as Caesar's, where you can just punch in a number and you get it quick. But it's it's not Tropicana, where me and you just sit at the Pie Guy table for. An hour and a half and never see anyone. Yeah, Trop, I mean, Trop's drink service is, is horrendous. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Like, our dealer had to just, like, scream at the woman when she was walking by to come over. <laughs> Twice, I think. I think it took two times of her doing that to get a it drink bad. when we were at the Pygot Tiles table at Trop. So what about comp programs? Where where do you think you're the most appreciated in getting the best deals? Well, so... So there's a couple different ways you can look at this as well, I think. Um, so I'll start by saying that I haven't played all that much at either uh, Tropicana or Resorts, and I'm getting like very good comps resorts. So I'm getting seven days a week comp. Uh, Tropicana is six days a week, and I, I had both those even throughout uh, a good bit of the end of the summer. Um, so there, there is definitely something to be said for that. If you're just like, I'm a low roller, I just want to get, you know, free rooms, you know, at least on maybe Fridays or whatever, like maybe even Saturdays during the off season. Um, I, I think that both resorts and, and Tropicana are good for that. But what I, another thing to look at in comp program is like, what can it get me? Not only in Atlantic city, but all around the country, uh, which is what initially kind of drew me to total rewards. Um, I, I don't think you can beat total rewards in, in terms of you can go there. Uh, you know, it's it's the exact same company. You don't have to jump through any hoops to to get rooms in Las Vegas if you play uh, in Atlantic City. 
Um, they have properties just everywhere in America, um, 40 properties or whatever, all around the country. So, so no matter where you are, there's probably not a Total Rewards Casino that far away from you. So if you get up to the higher tiers, if you're Diamond or whatever, you might be able to get a free room you know, nearby wherever you happen to be going for a weekend. Um, so I, I think just in the big picture, I think, I think total rewards is the best cut program. And I don't think it's particularly close. So I really, I wrestled with this one a lot because total rewards for me is the one I use the most. Um, and it's certainly the one I default to for all the reasons you just mentioned. Um, and if you're just interested in a room, like if what you want out of comps is a room, I think Total Rewards is unparalleled because they've got three properties. It's very, very easy to book. Uh, They're very clear with you sort of where you stand. One of the huge benefits is you book and you can call if the rate goes down and they're very accommodating with that. Um, So now that I talk myself, I think I may be talking myself out of my actual choice here. Uh, (laughs) Talk about what your actual choice was and then you can make a decision. So I had resorts because... As someone who has not played all that much at resorts, I get free rooms there five or six five nights a week, I think, in in the summer and six nights a week in the off season. They give me a decent amount of uh, food credit, dining credit, and then they also give me a lot of discounts elsewhere. Like maybe not things that you're th- that you're that excited about, but um, you know, little discounts to the restaurants and stuff like that. That probably aren't going to get you to come to the casino in the first place, but if you're already staying there, very nice. Uh, they do a lot of giveaways and other things that are much more accessible than, you know, like the diamond only gift giveaway or the seven stars gift giveaway that total rewards does. So I had resorts for that. Um, but as far as what keeps me in the ecosystem, total rewards, I mean, I am sucked in. I don't deviate from it too much. Um, uh, so, I think if you're talking very, very specific to Atlantic City, for my experience, Resorts is the most generous. And even with a trip where I basically took their match play and did nothing else, it seemingly did nothing to hurt my comps there, <laughs> which uh, if if you know how I play, uh, that gives them a lot of, of credit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's a tough choice between them and Total Rewards. Like I... Well, I it- Like I said, it all comes down to what your priorities are. If you're a low roller, if you're local to the East Coast, if you're going to go to Atlantic City, kind of nine out of every ten gambling trips you make, I think that resorts is a perfectly acceptable choice for you to make um, for all the reasons that Craig laid out and that I laid out in talking about them. But just, you know, for me, the big draw, especially after, uh, just so people know, my, my original hotel I went to the most was the Atlantic City Hilton because they were affiliated with the Las Vegas Hilton, which neither of those exist in that form anymore. But, uh, you know, I went to the Hilton because it was the best in low rolling and there was a place for me to stay when I went to Vegas. And I did stay at the Las Vegas Hilton the first, I don't know, two or three times I went to Las Vegas because I had comp rooms from the Atlantic City Hilton. But since that's gone, I mean, I think the easiest thing to do and the thing that drew me to total rewards was that, uh, it was all over the country. Uh, they have tons of properties on the strip, uh, and it's just kind of simple to do. And, and not only that, it's not particularly hard to get weekend comps at Total Rewards either. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it's 
pretty rare that I get weekends. I get a few weekends here and there. I got a lot of Friday nights off off peak. Um, I think one of the things I'll say is almost in favor of resorts sort of lack of dynamism, if you will, like the, the it, like total rewards prices change like the stock market, like the, the hotel rooms change a ton. Um, whereas the prices at resorts, I mean, if you get comp, a comp offer like Monday through Friday, sure. You may call up for Friday and they'll say it's not available, but you know, that's kind of the rate. Whereas if you see comp on a Friday at total rewards, that may be gone the next morning. Um, so there's something to be said for that. Although the other side of that is the convenience of booking, (laughs) you know, where you can't even really book your offers online through resorts, uh, through total rewards. You can book online. There's free cancellation. You call up, they change the rate. So it's funny because the one I use the most by far, like bar none is total rewards. Um, but maybe it's just because it's new to me. Um, more recently, uh, Resorts just seems to give me more for doing less. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll still give the nod to resorts for me. Yeah, that's fine. So right. over, overall, what do you think? Best gaming casino, where where do you go with? Borgata. Yeah, I mean... I don't I think, think there's anything else to really talk about. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we picked Borgata for, for lots of things. Video poker tables. Video poker ser- tables service. and service. Yeah. And, and once you pick those three things, that's our typical experience, right? Like, our machine gaming is is hugely done at video poker machines, table games, obviously, um, and then service. Like, those are the three things we look for. I would appreciate more comped rooms, but at the levels I'm playing at, it's just not going to happen there. Um, right. And I, I will even that's say... That's what happens when you're playing at the nicest place in, in, in town, I think, is you're not going to get as many comps. Right. Supply and demand. But, but even... I'll say their comp program still, despite not really giving me many many room options... I, I never feel like I'm sort of ignored there. Like they do give me match play. They'll give me free buffets, things like that. So they do a good job of sort of giving you the right benefits to keep you feeling like they don't just think that you are scum. Um, and th- and that's nice. Like they, I actually get better like food and beverage comps and match play and, and slot play at Borgata than I do at Caesars. I just get way better room rates at Caesars. And if you ask me which I'd prefer, it's definitely the room rates. Like I'd rather get better room rates, but, uh, you know, I don't feel totally shafted by Borgata and just everything else. there is so great. It, it, I, I think it's hands down the best gaming. Yep. So All right. do you want to talk about the, the best hotel, best place to stay? Yeah. I mean, gaming. So just heads up gaming was by far our most detailed category with subcategories and stuff. Um, best hotel. We just have a couple things. Um, so best rooms, I uh, this well, is so so this I, I I can go first since I've actually stayed there, but right. <laughs> uh, the the best rooms in Atlantic City are in the Borgata. Uh, just just in my experience, I feel like have I stayed at everywhere? I haven't stayed at Golden Nugget, but I've stayed in every other open casino in Atlantic City. And just for me, hands down, the the nicest rooms that that I've stayed in are are the Borgata. I would give second place to to Caesars. I've only ever stayed at the Centurion Tower, and it, it's very nice. But but I think the Borgata has the best hotel rooms in in the city. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I ha- I sort of have to say Caesars just because I've never stayed at Borgata. But <laughs> I mean, I've seen the pictures. I've talked to people who stay there. I can't. I mean, I can't in good conscience say anything but Borgata. So 
<laughs> and, and the other thing I'll say is that Borgata absolutely blows everyone else away as far as the common areas, like the lobby, the little touches, like, you know, you walk off off the gaming floor, you walk around, you see, like, the Chihuly sculptures, they've got the little waterfall and everything, or whatever water feature there, uh, everything's super nice, super clean. I mean, Caesars is fine, too, but it's just, like, not on the same level as Borgata, so I think um, that just completely knocks it out of the park. Uh, so what yep. about hotel service? Uh, same thing. I mean, I, it, 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 it's just like it is on the gaming floor service. I mean, my most pleasant experience with employees just generally in any of the casino properties is, has always been at Borgata. Um, you know, I've never had an issue. I, I've only stayed there two or three times, but you know, my room's always been kind of spotless there. There hasn't been any like weird maintenance issues as frequently happen in the Caesars properties <laughs> that, you know, they've had to fix or, you know, uh, like when I stayed in Tropicana and my first room was a smoking room when I asked for a non-smoking room just because they overbooked or whatever. Like I've had, never had any experience like that at Borgata. So it has to be Borgata again for me. Yeah. I mean, I can't really speak to Borgata's actual hotel service, although I've called for sort of non-hotel related like entertainment and other stuff. And the service is always great. Caesars, I find the service to be very good. Harrah's and Bally, Bally's, I find the service to be more miss than hit. <laughs> Harrah's, I'm very hit. Harrah's is very hit or miss too, I think. Um, like, yeah, I've had service at Harrah's is great. I've had it, it's pretty bad. Resorts, I think the front desk staff is great. Um, the, when you call, they're very great. The, the cleanliness of the rooms left a little to be desired for me. Um, so I'm going to just, default to you and say Borgata <laughs> again <laughs> on that. Um, so, so I think best hotel hands down right. Borgata, two right? Two. Borgata, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, don't I was think there's much else to say. Yeah. I don't know if we're just going to go completely across the table here on Borg, but we'll see. Um, um, it's possible. Maybe it's, it's possible. No, Borg won't win best value. I don't think. Probably not. So best, right. best on-site restaurants. So um, right. We have, we have, well, you've broken it up into two categories, which are fancy and casual. Right. So, so, I'll, so I'll let you talk about fancy because that's like way more up your alley than mine. So, so I'm saying fancy-ish, right? Because a lot of times you say, you know, what what knocks down to casual? Like some places will say that, like Harris says, McCormick and Schmicks is casual. I would say that's fancy-ish. Like, yeah, it's we'll, fancy-ish. We'll put that in the ish category. Um. Fancy restaurants for me. If you're consider, if you're including the playground as part of Caesars, which is not anymore, um, <laughs> I think it's a slightly closer competition. It's still not really a competition, though. I think Borgata completely knocks everybody out again. Uh, you know, celebrity res- restaurants out the wazoo. Uh, you know, Gordon Ramsay, uh, Bobby Flay, or not Gordon Ramsay, um, who I think of Wolfgang Puck. Uh, Bobby Flay, they've got Old Homestead, uh, and then other stuff, Izakaya, which I mentioned last time, uh, last podcast, just amazing. Fornaletto, I thought was great when I went. So to me, I think just the selection of, of good restaurants at Borgata knocks everybody else out of the park, you know? Like Caesars has a couple of nice restaurants, and Tropicana has, Tropicana, the quarter does have some nice restaurants. Like, let's, I, I won't say that. Tropicana is completely out of the conversation. Um, but to me, like Borgata, very good. 
the value at places like Izakaya and Fornaletto is very good. So I think it's Borgata, hands down again. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I'm going to defer to you because this isn't really my my cup of tea. But I will say Borgata as well. Though, though I will say if you do count the peers being part of Caesars, which I kind of would because it's pretty much connected, uh, that it's it's not that far behind. But for me as well, I think the conversation is between those two properties. So, so what about casual, which is more up our <laughs> way, alley, way more up my alley? What, um, what casino do you prefer the casual uh, restaurants at? For me, I think kind of a big difference between Atlantic City and, and Las Vegas or like one of the biggest in my mind are I feel like the casual options in Las Vegas are, are generally much better. I think I don't know if you agree with that or not. So what are you considering casual? So so I, I look at casual and I'm thinking anywhere from like, you know, McDonald's up to someplace that you're sitting down, but it's fairly fast and yeah, like, you can uh, wear a t-shirt. Like, uh, what's the place in Cosmo? Like, like Holtzman's? Is that uh, Holstein's, yeah. Holstein's, yeah, you're right. Or like, or like Bill's in, in Harrah's. Sure. Yeah. Perfect examples. Uh-huh. Um, and I agree with you. But I, and I mentioned this on the Facebook group, like Atlantic City never had the burger boom that that Vegas had Ca- sort of good, like very tasty, casual dining never really seemed to, to make its way to, to Atlantic city. Like if you're making sort of a reputation type of place, it's going to be on the fancier end. I mean, even Gordon Ramsay pub and grill, I would say is, is sort of in the fancy ish category. Although maybe probably wouldn't be if it was in Vegas. It's, it's fancy ish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, it falls under the ish. Yeah, sure. It's in the issue. I wouldn't wear a t-shirt. I wouldn't no. feel great wearing a t-shirt there. But um, so, so, what do you have as your favorite? It's a pretty hard decision. I mean, I I think for me, I need to think about it. But uh, like Trop is up there. They have a a pretty wide array of casual restaurants that. You know, I've been to a whole bunch of them, and I've been reasonably pleased with all of them. Um, I'll say Harrah's is probably up there with, like I said, I think Bill's is one of the restaurants I I enjoyed the most in Atlantic City when I go. Um, I don't know. What what am I forgetting about, Craig? Uh, So, I mean... Bally's has some sort of snack bar type stuff and has Harry's, which I almost feel like I have to give it an honorable mention if only for Harry's. Yeah. I don't know well, if that Harry's quite gets the fancy-ish. Spot, it's not – I wouldn't call Harry's casual, but I don't think I'd call it fancy-ish either. <laughs> right. I mean I think like the waiters wear like t-shirts and stuff, right? So yeah. I'm going to say it's in the casual category. But it's – I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Um, Harris, like you mentioned, Bills. I like what they've done with the food court. Mm-hmm. Uh Sammy D's, hit or miss, Dos Caminos, um, which I would kind of put into fancy-ish. Resorts, I think, has a really big selection in this category of casual. I mean, very, very casual to, like, right. yeah, Gallagher's Burger like, Bar. Like Margaritaville, or or they actually have a food court. And... Right. I mean, my problem with, with resorts is that Margaritaville, Landshark, like, I think those are sort of glorified snack stands that, that charge you a lot for, like, chicken fingers, and that's not really my cup of tea. Um, like, I, I don't find that very exciting. To me, I, I think it's Tropicana, hands down, just because I really like Chickies and Pete's. So they've got uh, Casa, which is good for breakfast, and I'm assuming also has reasonably good tacos and stuff. Uh, Rira in the quarter, 
which, yep, which we've gone which to. Which we've been to several times. Uh, Hooters, which I'll throw in there. Um, which we've which, also been to several times. Uh, yeah, a couple times at least. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, I think Tropicana is very good just because of what they've got between the quarter and that market, whatever they call it, like marketplace area over by the boardwalk. Um, and I, I really have enjoyed Chickies and Pete's uh, both times I've gone. The food I've gotten, I, I like the atmosphere when I went, and it was pretty crowded. Uh, just as a place to watch sports, so I'm going to give the nod for me for, for to Tropicana. I, I think I'll agree with that. I mean, a, a couple more. Like even I think Caesars has some all right spots between uh, the Noodle Bar or if you want to count Sazai and on the pier. I don't know if you want to count that as casual, but I think it's casual. Yeah, I would definitely consider Suzai as casual. Um, but we may, um, we may but have yeah, more to say. I, about I think I, I agree with you. I think the best. The best casual on-site restaurants should go to Tropicana. Uh, so, so if we finally have broken away from Borgata a little bit, <laughs> uh, so maybe getting right back to them. <laughs> what about best entertainment? <laughs> do do we want to say overall best on-site restaurants? Oh, do we? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about overall. So, who do you think has <laughs> the best overall on-site? I don't know. I think it's it's probably pretty close. I think it does have to be kind of a, a two horse race between Tropicana and Borgata, even when you kind of like take their their offerings as a whole. Um, I, I think Borgata is a a bit weak now since they've kind of redone the marketplace or which used to be the cafeteria. Um, but I, I still would have to go with with Borgata. I, I feel that even though I haven't been to many of them, their fancy restaurants are probably enough better than than Tropicana's to to cancel out the how Tropicana is probably a bit better in the casual restaurants. So I, I think I'd have to say Borgata. Yeah, I mean it's tough for me to to say like Tropicana has some stuff in the quarter that's on the fancier side, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's really hard for that to beat out the selection that Borgata has. Uh, and I'll throw in that Borgata in the casual side does have bread and butter. Yeah, uh, which bread is, butter like a, is, is fantastic. Yeah. Just excellent breakfast staple. So, uh, and, and, and even though I poo poo on the, on the marketplace quite a bit, they do have a whole bunch of restaurants down there too. Yeah. So I, I think it's got to go to Borgata. So we're still in a, for general categories in a Borgata clean sweep. And, <laughs> And I don't know if that's going to change when we get into best entertainment. <laughs> um, I mean, I have this as Borgata in a landslide just because, like, if you listen to the last episode, you know, you know, I have trips where I don't stay at Borgata and I go out of my way to go to Borgata to go to something that is showing there. I mean, as far as the headliners they get are very good. Um, I guess you could argue if, if you want free entertainment, Borgata is maybe not the best thing because, um, you know, Boardwalk Saloon has has a lot of cover bands and stuff. Uh, but as far as just the variety and the volume of, of top flight acts, I think it's Borgata. Uh, the Music Box Theater, I think, is a great place to watch a show. We both we both said that last episode, so. I don't know. I'm having a hard time arguing against Borgata for a lot of these categories, <laughs> but for this one especially, I don't know if you have a differing opinion. I don't, and you know, I think this is something I would defer to you a bit more anyway because this is much more up your alley than mine. But 
uh, I think the only show I have ever been to in Atlantic City was Burlesque at the Borgata. So, I mean, even me who kind of goes to Atlantic City to do 95% gambling and seeing a show isn't really something that would be up my alley. I still saw a show at Borgata, so I will go with Borgata as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll throw Tropicana out there just as a sort of mention because they do a lot of their own, not their own, but sort of stuff that's like readily readily available for discounted rates or comped. Um, like they they do this Christmas show every year. They do some other stuff, but uh, really really tough to argue against Borgata. I mean, I did go to that Kevin and Caruso show, uh, which I really enjoyed. They seem to get a very big crowd for whatever the heck show was there um, last time we were in town. But uh, Borgata, for me, definitely the best. Moving on from entertainment, I think we have best bars, which I don't know that we're totally qualified to speak about best bars because we are not really necessarily bar people. Uh, So... You know, we're not hitting up the uh, Toga Bar at Caesars all that often. We're not doing a lot of other stuff that maybe the typical bar crowd goes to that would tilt us to maybe one of the more nightlife-focused places. And we specifically did not include Best Nightlife as a category because we are not nightlife people. But uh, No, we would not be able to answer that question at all with any kind of a straight face. Yeah, so so bars, um, as far as just general best bars, so like let me just throw out their golden nugget. Apparently, people really love the bar selection they have, especially the outdoor spaces. I've never been, so I can't speak to that. Uh, Borgata, I think, has you know B bar, Long Bar, Beer Garden. It's a decent selection, but I think I have to go to Tropicana just based on variety, because um, they've got chickies and Pete's, like I mentioned, Tangos, which I, I don't love, but I think. Uh, has its place. Firewaters, which is basically a dive bar. Ten North Lounge for video poker. Wet Willies for frozen drinks. Casa, sort of a tequila. I mean, it is a tequila bar. A damn good sports bar. Like they just got a ton of a, a variety for whatever you're in the mood for. So I think I'm giving the nod to Tropicana's in terms of bars. Yeah, I think this is something that probably a bit more research needs to be done because certainly we haven't gone to every bar and every casino in Atlantic city, but I, I think I'm with you just, just the, the huge variety of, of places they have in the quarter and in the, is it the marketplace? Yeah, is that the other? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that Tropicana is, is like you said, has, has the biggest variety and, and of places to go and, and drink a variety of alcohols depending on what you're in the mood for. Uh, so what about best value? Do you have any thoughts? This may, We're finally maybe getting away from Borgata a bit, honestly. <laughs> well, so there's a lot of ways you can kind of look at this, like best hotel value, best place for low rollers, best, you know, best place to get cheap food. Um, but I think for me, especially now that, you know, the, the old place that I used to stay at all the time, the Hilton or the ACH or the Atlantic Club or whatever you want to call it is closed. I, I think that resorts for me has kind of taken up that mantle of, you know, cheap room rates, low table game limits, uh, plenty of, of kind of like super cheap, super fast food options like Dunkin' Donuts and, and Ruby's and, and things like that, or, or even kind of Margaritaville. 
Um, uh, though I, I do have to throw out an honorable mention to both Golden Nugget, which honestly for me, like it probably isn't getting the respect it deserves simply because I've, I've been there like two or three times total in my life, though I know some people really do love it a lot. Uh, so it probably should be in the conversation, and and honestly, I think I think Bally's, especially with the Wild Wild West, should be in the conversation as well. Uh, it's generally pretty easy to get rooms there. Uh, they have, you know, in terms of cheap drinks, if that's what you're looking for. I don't think anywhere in Atlantic City beats the Mountain Bar. Um, so so I think that should be in the conversation as well. But for me, I, I think if you're kind of like a low roller looking to go for cheap gamble not that much money maybe get some comps or some discounted room rates uh i I think it has to be resorts yeah i'm totally with you on resorts um for all the reasons you mentioned i think the one thing i'll throw out there is is actually harrah's which i think if you are looking for sort of a a slightly nicer experience where you're still getting pretty good value you know there's just so many rooms there that if you're in the players club, you can get pretty steeply discounted rooms uh, and sort of get the experience of a nicer casino, better restaurants, like bigger variety of restaurants um, than resorts has. But the discounts, the coupons, the the, the comp rooms and everything, I, I think resorts is very, very tough to beat in that category just for best value. Like, I, you know, I wanted to sort of, I throw Harris out there just because I think it's, a little nicer, <laughs> um, but you're getting so much for so little at resorts. I think it's hard to argue against that as, as best value. Cool. So do we want to talk about what we think the best overall casino is in Atlantic city? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think there's, I don't think there's much of a conversation uh, given our previous answers, but yeah, I, I just don't see any way that you can say anything other than Borgata here. <laughs> yeah. So so let's let's say instead of having just best overall, let's say we're doing kind of like editor's choice or do for a win recommends or whatever. Sure. Is there any other property that you would kind of give like editor's choice to in Atlantic City, or is so, it just Borgata? I mean, the other one I'd, that that gets into the conversation I think is Caesars, which is funny because I don't think we picked them for any category, like maybe <laughs> sub like best Asian room, and we talked yeah. about the drink and service, best drink service. <laughs> as being great, but. Overall, to me, like the thing that gets Caesars sort of on the radar is very centrally located on the boardwalk. Um, the rooms, again, like I think Centurion rooms are great, uh, but it's just really hard to beat Borgata in terms of table game selection, service, rooms, uh, just the the sort of niceness of the the general common areas. The restaurants, everything, just Borgata seems to knock it out of the park. Whereas, you know, I love Caesars. I think it's a great place. I think it's probably my home property, if you will. Uh, but if I, you know, if, if Borgata was offering me all the same things that Caesars was offering me, I would drop Caesars in a heartbeat. Right. I, I do think that it is very close. I mean, I think it's it's closer between those two properties than it may seem just from, like, listening to our answers. But... I mean, for me, it's it's like Borgata has the intangibles, right? Like the things that really matter. Like how how good is the service? Like Borgata's second to none in Atlantic City. Um, like how good is if if you're going there and, and things you care about are like fine dining? Like Borgata's second to none in Atlantic City. Uh, 
in something like nightlife, which we didn't even talk about because we're not really experts on it, you know, Borgata has very good nightlife. I don't think that Caesars really is in the same conversation as Borgata. And I, I think if we had other places that have the reputation for having good nightlife, it's like Golden Nugget and Tropicana. Um, it's, it's just, I, I do think that Borgata kind of puts everything together in a cohesive package in a way that no other casino in Atlantic City does. And for me, if I had to give out kind of editor's choice awards, I would only give one and it would go to Borgata. But I, I think Caesars is close to getting an editor's choice stamp, even if they are kind of a, a, a bit behind Borgata on um, kind of the intangibles. Yeah. And, and a couple tangibles as well. <laughs> yeah, I agree completely. So I think so, and, Borgata. And, and honestly, you know, Next year, we'll see what happens with MGM. I mean, it might be that Borgata goes way downhill. So, Yeah, ho- hopefully not. But, uh, yeah, I could see that <laughs> happening. And, you know, if the resort fee goes up, if the video park goes away, it's going to be a lot closer mm-hmm. than I think people expect. But uh, what about food? Let's move on to sort of getting out of just the specific casino properties to, like, best anywhere um, what do you think the best restaurant is specifically? So we talked about best restaurants in general, which casino had the best restaurants within their property. What is your favorite specific restaurant? Uh, so for me, I have to say I've not ever been to Chef Vola's. I've never been to uh, Cafe, what is it, 1840? 20, 28, 25, I think. Uh, I don't know. I, so there, there are a couple very nice restaurants in Atlantic City I have not been to. But I think one of the best dining experiences kind of period in my life happened at, at Doc's Oyster Bar in Atlantic City. And and so for me, I have to go with Doc's. I mean, the service was impeccable. It was, it was amazing. The food was amazing. Um, just the whole experience was fantastic for, for me and my wife when we went. So I, I have to go with Doc's. Uh, so the one thing I'll say about, about Doc's is I haven't been since they've remodeled. Um, nor, nor have I. I also went before the remodel. So this is a tough one for me. Like Isakaya because it's very fresh in my mind. Um, it's hard to go against that because it was just a completely fantastic meal and the service was great. The the other one I'll throw out there is the Continental. Um, so so again, we're going to break this down. I think into sort of fancyish and, and casual, but. Uh, the one thing I'll say about the Continental is, is as far as overall, um, like the menu selections, sort of a little more broad, I think, than than uh, Izakaya. The cocktail list is is very good and and changes regularly. The service is always good. All the service is great at Izakaya. So I have a tough time choosing between those two. Um, I think I might lean a little bit to Continental just because. It's sort of more of a staple, I think. Like it's more of something where, if somebody asks me, like, where should you go in Atlantic City for a restaurant? Like, I'm going to Atlantic City once. Where should I go for dinner? Uh, the Continental is kind of my default suggestion, so I'll go with that. Oh, that's surprising to me. As opposed to what? Where? What else would you thought I have? Would you have thought I would go with? Docs. Yeah, well, I mean, it's tough because I haven't been to Docs in a couple of years, so it's hard for me to vote for it as best of 2016 when... Oh, uh, well. Um, but I will say, like, like I like Docs a lot. I thought it was very good, but um, 
I don't know. Like it's not one of those meals that has like stuck with me ever since where I've said like, oh, that was amazing. Where I think I actually have felt more that way about both our meal at Continental and the meal I just recently had at Izakaya. So I would even – like if I had to choose between those three, I would probably choose the the two I mentioned ahead of Doc's. Oh, I'm surprised. I mean I've eaten at Continental kind of – I don't know, three times, four times, something like that. And it, it, it's good, but for me, it, I wouldn't be in the same classes as Doc's. So, I don't yeah. know. All right. Totally Here fine. We <laughs> uh, so we actually finally differ a little bit on an opinion. Um, what about casual food? Hmm. Do you want to go first to give me a kind of time to collect my thoughts? Sure. So I, I had a lot of list, stuff listed um, that were options. Chickies and Pete's, like I mentioned earlier. I think they're sort of bar type food, you know, cheese steaks, uh, that type of stuff. Very good crab fries. Um, Wingcraft, uh, I thought the food was very good. The beer list is remarkable. Bread and butter, um, I'll just throw out there just because it's it's such a such a staple. Like I I feel like I go out of my way to get breakfast there all the time. The thing that I'm gonna pick though is Suzai. Uh, which I feel kind of crappy about picking another place that's right there on the pier shops. Um, <laughs> but I didn't really want to pick Izakaya just because I, I was going to pick Suzai as my casual place. I've never felt let down by a meal at Suzai. To me, it's, it's someplace that I go so frequently on my Atlantic City trips. Like I would guess I go more than 50% of my Atlantic City trips, I end up at Suzai. And something about just like sitting there where you're right out by the windows uh, overlooking the ocean, I think it's just a great place to get lunch. Um, so to me, I mean, as far as casual dining, just go sit, grab some pretty solid sushi, decent beer. Um, you know, they had EFO beers on tap, uh, Maryland Brewery. That's very good. Uh, so I've never been let down. I feel like uh, always very good. And so that's my pick for, for casual. I think that is a, an excellent pick. I mean, I think it's right up there for me. Um, I've, I've been there so many times. And for me, like one of the the quintessential Atlantic City moments is, is just being up there on the third floor of the pier shops and kind of like looking out the windows and just seeing the beach and seeing the boardwalk and being like, yeah, I'm in Atlantic City now. This is awesome. And just like that thought, it just, you know, Suzai, it's like you can't just help but be kind of enamored with Atlantic City, I think, when you're kind of looking out on that view. Um, but uh, I think my choice is probably actually going to be Harry's Oyster Bar, kind of a, a couple floors over and like one building down. Um, I, I think the food there is is very good. The prices are quite reasonable. Um the last time we went, or the last time I went, there was a little hiccup in the service at the very beginning where the waiters didn't know who was responsible for us. But after they sorted that out, service was excellent. Um, so I, I think you can do a lot worse than, than going to either Suzai or Harry's, but I, I think I'm going to choose Harry's Oyster Bar in Bally's. Yeah, and I'll say Harry's, I mean, maybe it's just because I was living in New York City when the first time I went, but I, I was completely floored by the prices at Harry's and how cheap stuff was. Um, I mean, the value that you get there, I think, is is pretty much unmatched. Uh, so I, I think I went for Suzai more for the reasons you're talking about. It's just a quintessential Atlantic City experience, but uh, I can't 
I certainly can't fault you for picking Harry's. I think that's also a, a really good choice. And and I almost think it's a little bit overlooked, right? Because it's it's kind of it's at Bally's, it's downstairs, it's uh, you know it's owned by Docs, so it's kind of like the yeah, the Docs went two for two with me of, of Docs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, it's very, very good. I, I think if you haven't been to Harry's and you're looking for a, a place to, to grab a meal in that part of the boardwalk, it's uh, definitely a place you should try. Yeah, it's 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 definitely very good. You can do a lot worse. Uh, so what about uh, – so that wraps up best restaurants, right? So what about uh, non-gaming attractions? Do you have – do you even have thoughts on, on best non-gaming attractions? I mean I guess you could go very general sure. and say like the boardwalk, right? <laughs> yeah, that's – you actually stole my thunder. That was what I was going to – I was going to give some rambling kind of roundabout way and, and end up with, with it being the boardwalk. So I think that there are uh, a few things that I really enjoy doing when I'm in Atlantic City kind of other than, than gambling. Um, so just kind of like walking around, seeing the city and and – Last time I was there was the first time I went to Gardner's Basin. I thought it was very, very nice. I enjoyed my time there quite a bit. I can imagine in spring, summer, kind of when it was when it's a bit warmer out, that being like a an absolutely great place to spend a morning. You know, you can go to Gilchrist, you can go to the aquarium or whatever, have yourself just a, a very pleasant morning, kind of looking out over the water. Um, uh, but. But for me, kind of like my favorite thing to do in Atlantic City, if I'm if I'm not at the tables, and, and it has always been this way for me, even from my first trip down, when I run out of money, like what am I going to do? Like I'm going to just kind of walk the boardwalk and see what there is to see and breathe in the ocean air and, and look out over the beach at, at the waves. And and so for me, it, it is it is the boardwalk, and, and I suspect it will be kind of in all years past and in all years future as well. Yeah, I mean that's certainly sort of the the quintessential experience, right? Like that as far as I mean just look at the books written about Atlantic City, right? It's like boardwalk <clears throat> playground, boardwalk of dreams, boardwalk empire, like everything's related to the boardwalk. <laughs> like that is Atlantic City. Um I'm actually not going to pick the boardwalk. Uh and I, and I think partly I I love the boardwalk. I still love walking around on the boardwalk when I think about what makes me love Atlantic city, you know, that first trip when I went, uh, with you and, and our friend Taylor and it was the winter and something about like going out on the boardwalk where it's almost deserted. And I don't think it was snowing, but it was very cold. And it just like something about it just captures you of like, wow, this place is like made just for me to be here and, and walk down the boardwalk right now. Uh, I feel like I've soured a little on the boardwalk lately just because it's like, T-shirt shops, T-shirt shops, T-shirt yeah. shops, um, you know, head shop. So so you're going to pick the store on the boardwalk named Peanut World, right? <laughs> so I have that written down in my notes, but no, I'm not going to not gonna pick Peanut World. Uh, <laughs> both the greatest and worst place on the boardwalk. Um, my choice is the outlets, uh, which is maybe kind of lame, uh, but I feel like I get a lot of uh, sort of time value, whatever you want to call it out of wandering out of the outlets. I, I think it's a very, very good outlet mall, um, compared to other outlet centers around. I mean, I've, I've gone to quite a few others that are at other tourist locations, you know, Hershey, ocean city, Maryland, that kind of stuff. I, I think the ones in Atlantic city are excellent. I, I almost always end up buying a ton of crap, 
uh <laughs> even my last trip i bought a bunch of stuff and 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 i always end up spending a ton of time there like i i end up thinking like oh, i'll go walk around the outlets for two hours and then like four hours later i'm done so um certainly i think just as far as taking atlantic city in a different direction and providing something that i think people would go out of their way to go to uh if the boardwalk was better i think it would blow the outlets away. Like, I think that is the reason people would go to Atlantic city. It's the reason people should go to Atlantic city. Uh, the outlets I think are right now just a more sort of fully realized, <laughs> uh, attraction than, than the boardwalk is. So I'm going with the outlets. I, I think that's understandable. I mean, for me personally, I'm, I'm sticking with the boardwalk because I'm not really a shopper. Um, but I, I could definitely understand that sentiment. And I know that the outlets are a big draw to Atlantic city for a lot of people. So, uh, do you want to get to the next category? Or do you have something else to say? No. So, I mean, I think we're going super, super long here, but, um, mm-hmm. that's not too surprising. The last three categories are kind of wrapping up, right? Like there, there's not really like, what's the best thing in a casino, whatever. So, so we have these sort of weird, almost news topic categories, uh, so the first one is the best new thing in 2016. And I think there are a lot of directions you could go here. Um, you could go with renovations at any of the various casinos, uh, Caesars, Bally's, Tropicana. Uh, you could go with the new stuff at Borgata, the pool and beer garden, new bars at Tropicana, nightclub, uh, various nightclubs throughout. Uh, you could talk about Danger Arena, which I'm sure is your pick. Uh, do you have any thoughts? Um, do you have something that jumps out to you as your, your favorite new thing? Uh, Doc's Oyster House renovations. That could be an option. (laughs) I've not been since the renovation, so I I don't think I can say that. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I I don't think, I, I think looking back on the year as a whole, I don't think it was a tremendously positive year for Atlantic city in 2016. Um, it's certainly not been as bad as certain other years past. Like, of course, 2014 is always going to be the banner year for disastrous things happening in the city. Um, I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts? You can inspire me. So, I mean, my sort of default picks were, were any of the various renovated rooms. Um, the Vanna tower room we stayed in was very nice, although it had that high window that was very weird that, any floor above it wouldn't have had uh, at Tropicana. Bally's Jubilee rooms. I mean, the Bally's Tower just desperately needs an upgrade. Caesar's Forum Tower rooms. Those rooms desperately needed an upgrade. There's a bunch of stuff at Trop. You know, they got that Kiss Kiss. I think they've shortened it from Kiss Kiss a Go Go to just Kiss Kiss uh, Nightclub. But obviously, that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, I do like a lot of the things that Tropicana has done in aggregate, but I don't think I can pick any one of them as like my favorite new thing, like 10 North lounge looks cool. Never really spent any time there. Uh, shack Jack. I like, but it's not certainly not my favorite new thing. I was very, very tempted to pick, uh, Royal Derby, <laughs> which is at, at uh, Tropicana and resorts just because as far as what I've spent a ton of time on, that would, that would be it. Uh, but I'm going to go with a pick that I think will surprise you, Kyle. Mm-hmm. And it is the boardwalk saloon. That's surprising. Because we shit all over that thing when no, it first opened. That's actually, I think that's quite, well, the the saloon itself is not the best, but 
just I, I do think that there's a lot of validity to kind of like the change they've made in Wild Wild West, kind of making that a place where bands come and play, gives it a bit of a different vibe. I, I, I think I agree with you. I think that that improved Wild Wild West pretty dramatically for the positive. Yeah, and it's not just – so like the Boardwalk Saloon when it first opened was just kind of this one bar and not much else. And yeah, they had a DJ and some live music playing over by the stage. And so when we first reviewed it, it was very much sort of not done. And they've expanded it a lot. Uh, they've done a lot with the with getting bands in there. Uh, I don't know that you can really include the the games, the table games in in the Boardwalk Saloon uh, choice here. But you know they've expanded it out. It's it feels much bigger now. The Boardwalk Saloon. They've added a bunch of tables and other stuff there where it feels more significant, and it it feels like it really stretches into the music venue. So it feels like that sort of music venue slash bar. Like it's almost like a bar like you'd be at if you were at a concert. And so to me, just being down there a couple of times when there is a live band playing, there are a bunch of people who are really, you know, having a good time um, and just seeing it sort of as it was meant to be, it really makes you realize like, oh, this vision that I just couldn't see when we just went and the Boardwalk Saloon had just opened and it was 6 p.m. and we were kind of like, what the hell are they doing with this thing in the middle of here? To see it really like lively and, and fully realized, I think, made me understand like oh this is what they're going for and i think they did a really good job uh where i was pretty skeptical just based on everything else that had happened at wild old west you know the big empty area where there's no table games and, and uh kind of was closed for a long time and they talked about oh there's going to be retail and all that stuff and it's like no there's not there's not going to be retail that's a ridiculous idea <laughs> so to see finally this uh this bar slash concert venue open up i, I think they did a good job uh uh, I agree with that. Kind of everything else that you said is possibilities are total non-starters for me, but but the changes they made in Wild Wild West, I, I do think, are very good. So so I'm down with that. So uh, the biggest disappointment of 2016. Lots um, of options. Yeah. So so we have all kinds of options from kind of all of the government state takeover nonsense to to the non-opening slash opening of the revel to like whatever the abomination at the showboat is to the closing of the Taj Mahal and everything that went in around that. Uh, what am I forgetting Craig as, as possibilities? Uh, the, the failure of, of boardwalk booze, which we got very excited about. Uh, <laughs> what else? I mean, things that we don't really care about wave wave nightclub. Yeah, the playground pier that. that that folded very uh, quick. Atlantic Club potential deals. Uh, the name ten, <laughs> right? Throw in there uh, increasing resort fees. New Year's Rock and Eve was canceled. Like all these things, a lot of disappointment. I, I think for me that the single biggest disappointment, though, uh, you know, just everything we mentioned has certainly not not been very good, and and especially kind of the the list I went through, like they're all kind of horrible, but. The, the biggest disappointment, the thing that kind of makes me the saddest, even though it, it certainly was not my favorite casino by any stretch of the imagination, is, is the closure of the Taj, seeing another casino on the boardwalk kind of shut down, having the North Boardwalk be like even more barren and desolate than it already was with, you know, Taj being closed, Showboat not being a casino, Revel being closed, and then, you know, just nothing north of that. Um it, it's just for me. It, it has to be the the closing of the Taj Mahal. 
as far as what made me the most disappointed when it was announced, certainly the Taj closing is the answer. I don't, I don't think I could argue against that, except that as far as like a slow burn and slow developing and the thing that makes me the most annoyed ongoing to this point, the thing I actually picked as my biggest disappointment is the current iteration of the showboat. Like I just, yeah. if if we had a category for just like the worst thing in Atlantic City right now, <laughs> it would be the showboat. Like hands down for me, like it's an abomination. It's like just see it and you're like, it's just like looking at something that you used to love and like it used to be such an important part of your life and it's like wow that place is just really horrible right now. Like this just makes me sad. Yeah, I mean, and that's where I'm at with it. Is that it's it, this is a very personal pick because I loved Showboat. I thought it was a great casino. I thought it was just like it felt very much like home. And and we, I feel like we had just sort of shifted to that as our home base after years of sort of being like, oh, Showboat, that's the cheap, crappy property. And then we sort of really came to love it. And then it closed. And then it when it reopened, I was like, oh yes, Showboat's going to reopen. What are they going to do with it? What is Blatstein going to do? And it's sort of been a whole lot of nothing and. And the more people share pictures of it and, you know, sort of they didn't even take the signs down and they just put up this barrier and there's nothing there. And it's just like a rest, one restaurant or, or, you know, a couple of restaurants and and not much else. It just really feels like this sort of rush to reopen with no vision for anything. And I think when when Blatstein first talked about like, oh, we're going to do something with the concert hall and it's going to be exciting. None of that's really come to fruition so far. So that, to me, as far as this long, drawn-out disappointment, I think that's my pick. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the closure of the Taj. Even though, like you said, it's certainly not something that... It certainly wouldn't be the most surprising development of 2016 by any stretch of the imagination. It's just to have another casino kind of leave the city. It, it's 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 very sad for me. It, it, it is the biggest disappointment of, of the year for me. Yeah, it was a close pick for me, for sure. It was very close, but um, yeah, I think both both of them are, are incredibly disappointing in a year full of disappointment. <laughs> uh, so on a much, much lighter note and much happier note to close this thing out, what about your most exciting thing upcoming for 2017? What are you the most excited about? I mean, for me, it can only be one thing, and I suspect it's going to be the same for you. Um, just, just with everything we've said about kind of all the rankings that we've had uh, that, that the Borgata has kind of dominated or, or Caesars has been the only one that's been close to them. I, I think that the reopening of the Revel, depending on how it's done, can can really be something that shakes up a lot of stuff in 2017. Uh, I loved that property when it was open. I know that you loved that property when it was open too. I mean, for me, by by a pretty long shot, the, the single thing I'm looking forward to the most in Atlantic City in 2017 is seeing seeing 10 open up and and seeing what's done with it and just hoping beyond hope that it's not, you know, terrible like the showboat is, yeah. that it's, it's something that's great and it's something that uh, I'm going to love being in again. Yeah, I mean, it's with with great trepidation that I that I choose this, but also a complete no-brainer, right? Like, what else could it possibly be? Revel, 10, um, I'm so excited for it. I want it to be so great. If it opens and totally sucks like Showboat, it will be our most biggest disappointment for 2017, I think, yes. hands down. Yes, I mean, it, I guess. Absolutely. It would not, yeah. I, it's almost impossible for me to imagine some scenario in Atlantic City that's sadder. <laughs> than, than it opening and sucking? 
Yes. Um, I mean, unless unless MGM really just destroys Borgata in 2017, which is possible. That could certainly be our biggest disappointment. Oh, yeah, but. yeah absolutely. And, and, and other things that you could potentially be excited about, you know, M-Life rollout at, at Borgata, although that is certainly, you know, you could say that that's more of a nervousness than an excitement. Uh, potential, you know, whatever the hell happens with Taj. Uh, I think one of the things that I'm really interested to see, but I wouldn't say is among my most exciting things is, is what happens with, uh, Tony Lupo and, and the other executive, uh, is it Tony? It's Joe Lupo, isn't it? Joe Lupo and the other executive from, uh, from the Borgata who, uh, have moved to hard rock. Like where the heck are they going? Or is that part of, of 10? Uh, or is that something else? Like, that'll be very exciting if they end up somewhere other than 10. Like, I think, I could very quickly be shifted in my excitement to to something else, but it's just a no-brainer. I, there's no other choice other than than ten potentially opening in early 2017. Yep. All right. So, if you have any kind of last thoughts on our our list, so I think we can say that the the best kind of casino to be at is is Borgata. Um, and I guess that's kind of one major takeaway and, and the thing that we're both like really, really excited for next year is, is going to be the revel and see, or the 10, see how that really shakes up the casino market in Atlantic city. I mean, I think just doing this, it kind of makes me realize like, Hey, we really need to try some more bars and restaurants. Cause I yeah, think we... <laughs> no, that's, that's true. I mean, if we are, you know, Atlantic city pseudo personalities we need to get out there and experience some more stuff in atlantic city which means going to atlantic city more which you know oh, it's gonna be thing to do when you have a one-year-old but it's a tough task kyle it's a tough <laughs> tough thing to ask for but i think we're up to the to the challenge someone's got to do it yeah well, we'll see if we can get up there maybe maybe just maybe a day trip or something in, in february or something we can work something out yeah we need we've got a bunch of places we have to try yeah, that, that may end up on our 2017 best of list. Yeah, so yeah, I do, I do think that is a, another major takeaway. Is just got to get out there, experience some more stuff. So, all right, uh, anything else before I shut this thing down? Oh, just uh, if you have thoughts, which I'm sure many, many of you will have, lots of thoughts, both. <laughs> in agreement and in strong, strong disagreement with us, which is awesome. Like anything that you have to say, we'd love to hear it. If you think that we're just complete idiots for not going to Chef Vola and Cafe 2825, if you think there's some total hidden gem restaurant that we are completely glossing over, uh, let us know. And Uh, we'd love to hear it in in the Facebook group. Yeah. Also, just shout out to Ed who who did kind of write this up in the in the Facebook group and gave all of his thoughts for the the bests in in Atlantic City. So, uh, so speaking of the Facebook group, I know we've mentioned it a few times. If you want to join it, uh, it's facebookcom do for a win. Uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, usually, the discussion is is pretty good and entertaining and and kind of helps people learn a lot and make more informed decisions on kind of what to do and where to stay in the city. Uh, you can check out our content, including maybe a blog post, <laughs> coming up at doforawin.com. Uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Google Play. Just search for Atlantic City or Do For A Win. Uh, you can reach out to us at uh, on Twitter at, by uh, hitting us up at, at Do For A Win or send questions to us at doforawin at gmail.com if you have uh, email questions. Uh, any last thoughts, Greg? Yeah, just have a great new year if you're going yeah. to Atlantic City. Enjoy your new year uh, in Atlantic City. Hopefully everybody wins a lot of money in 2017.
Yeah, I hope you all had a, had a good holidays, and I hope you've had a great 2016 and have an even better 2017. And we will talk to you guys next year. You know, everything has the caveat of, like, it's the best thing we've done. Like, if you think Old Homestead is the best restaurant in Atlantic City, like, okay, I can't argue with you because I haven't been. I haven't been to Chef Ola. I haven't been to Cafe 2825. I have been to zero nice restaurants in Borgata, so. But I know it has the best nice restaurants.